Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The New Statesman. You're listening to audio long reads from The New Statesman the best of our reported features and essays, read aloud. In this episode, Is the Future of Meat Fake? Written by Jenny Kleeman and read by me, Emma Hazlitt. This article was originally published in the New Statesman magazine and online on the 20th of April, 2022. At 8am Pacific time on the 4th of November 2021, the world was invited to Emeryville, across the bay from San Francisco, to watch the cardiologist turned startup founder and CEO Uma Valetti lift an enormous pair of scissors, each blade as long as his leg. It's not a dream anymore, Valetti enthused. Let's make some meat. At this, he sliced through a huge ribbon the colour of beef carpaccio, Balloons and confetti rained down, and Upside Foods' $50 million facility for growing meat in a factory, culturing it from cells instead of cutting it from dead animals, was officially open. With typical Silicon Valley understatement, Upside Foods is calling it the EPIC, the Engineering, Production and Innovation Centre. The 53,000 square foot space is a groundbreaking, world-changing, cultivated meat facility according to Upside's Chief Operating Officer, Amy Chen. Live stream viewers were taken on a virtual tour of the cultivation room, a vast maze of snaking silver pipes. Masked technicians in blue gloves, white lab coats, hair nets and surgical overshoes inspected gauges and tweaked dials. The camera tracked a technician striding along a gangway through a field of shiny bioreactors, great cylinders with riveted portal windows like those in space rockets. A voiceover informed us that, at capacity, the EPIC will produce 400,000 pounds of meat a year. It will serve as an international model for cultivated meat production. In other words, this is just the beginning. The shot cut back to Valetti. We've never been as close as we are today to realising our mission of creating a world where meat is a force for good, he beamed. Even the most ardent carnivore might struggle to argue that meat is a force for good today. The global livestock industry produces more greenhouse gases than the exhaust from every form of transport on the planet combined. While doctors try to curb the prescription of antibiotics to slow the emergence of medicine-resistant superbugs, 
80% of the antibiotics used in the US are administered to healthy food-producing animals to minimise infections on crammed farms. Industrial animal agriculture is a major cause of deforestation, water waste, water pollution, eutrophication and outbreaks of diseases such as E. coli and salmonella, not to mention a significant contributor to new zoonotic diseases and global pandemics. Every year, 70 billion animals are slaughtered to satisfy the global appetite for meat, their lives often miserable and artificially accelerated. Ever since the Dutch physiologist Mark Post lifted the cloche on the world's first lab-grown hamburger in 2013, cultivated meat has promised to save the planet and reshape the future of food. The process is simple in theory. A sesame seed-sized biopsy of tissue is taken from a living animal. Stem cells are isolated, bathed in a nutrient medium and placed in a bioreactor. One cell becomes two, two become four, and this exponential growth continues until there are enough cells to harvest, cook and eat. The process costs the same no matter which cells are being cultured, be they wagyu beef, lobster or chicken. Any animal flesh can be created in this way, configured into any shape or texture, kosher bacon, ethical foie gras, even human meat, theoretically. Anything's possible. If you're allergic to fish, you will have a reaction to cultivated fish. But still, this is not meat as we know it. Its legal and ontological status remain unclear. When I tried San Francisco-based Eat Just's lab-grown chicken in November 2018, it was in nugget form, a mass of cells mixed with plant products and encased in a battered crust. The nugget had the unmistakable taste of chicken and some of the juicy mouthfeel you expect when you bite into meat. But the texture was so mushy, I had an almost irresistible urge to spit it out. Some primal part of my brain decided meat with a consistency this wrong must be dangerous. But that was more than three years ago, and the science has improved. The nuggets I tasted made history in 2020, when Singapore granted them regulatory approval, meaning that for the first time, meat grown in vitro would go on sale. They had a limited run at a Singaporean private members club, priced at $23 a nugget. Several other companies have since reported success in growing cuts of meat, including the Israeli firm MeTech, which 3D printed a 40-ounce steak in December 2021. Post's history-making burger, unveiled in London, cost €250,000, or £210,000, to produce. And while costs have fallen dramatically since 2013, it will be several years before cultivated meat can compete in price with meat from an animal. The first products were grown in fetal bovine serum, extracted from the hearts of calf embryos, a costly, unsustainable and controversial substance. Animal-free alternatives have since been developed, but it remains to be seen whether they are as effective. Another cost is running the bioreactors, either enormous ones or a very large quantity, that producing cultivated meat at scale would require. These are serious challenges, but not insurmountable. When more than 130 countries around the world aim to be carbon neutral by 2050, a high-tech revolution in meat production looks like an attractive business opportunity. In 2015, Upside Foods, then called Memphis Meats, was the world's first cultivated meat company. Now there are more than 70, and the market is predicted to reach $25 billion by 2030. Upside alone has attracted more than $200 million in funding from investors including Bill Gates, Richard Branson and Kimball Musk, Elon's brother, 
as well as Whole Foods and the world's largest conventional meat producers, Tyson and Cargill. Last December, the Israeli startup Future Meat Technologies raised $347 million in Series B funding, i.e. beyond the initial stages, the single largest investment in cultivated meat yet. Where upside goes, others follow, making the opening of the epic a milestone for the industry. Yet this $50 million facility is producing something that still isn't approved for sale anywhere outside Singapore. Was November's grand opening the clearest sign yet that the industry is moving forwards? Or does its shiny promise obscure how far there is to go? A few weeks after the ribbon cutting, I spoke to Eric Schultz, Upside Foods Vice President of Product and Regulation. The epic shows the industry isn't a flash in the pan, he told me. We were on Zoom and Schultz wore a Breton t-shirt, tartan neckerchief and fisherman beanie, his look as idiosyncratic as his turn of phrase. We built it to literally be transparent. We built it underneath an apartment complex in a residential neighbourhood with high foot traffic so people walking their dogs can stop in and see how their food is made. The launch product will be a chicken fillet. Schultz corrected me when I referred to it as a chicken breast. You can't have a breast when there is no animal. Each will be identical in shape, weight and nutritional content. In an animal, of course, the breast size would vary. We can produce the same tissue but then highly control the output product. In an age where data matters, and when we expect technology to give us complete control over the physical world, such a standardised product has particular appeal. Fillets are just the beginning. Chicken nuggets are also in the upside pipeline, along with duck, beef, pork, fish and shellfish. We're focusing on very familiar favourites because we know we have to earn consumer trust, says Schultz. We do that primarily through the safety of our product and then, of course, familiarity and deliciousness. But however delicious and familiar the lab-grown duck may be, Upside is not yet able to sell it with regulatory approval. In 2019, the US Food and Drug Administration and Department of Agriculture established a joint protocol to help ensure that foods compromising or containing cultured animal cells entering the US market are safe and properly labelled but there is no timeline as to when they might approve such food. The European Food Safety Authority and the Food Standards Agency in the UK are similarly non-committal. Schultz knows the regulatory process from the inside. In 2016, he was regulating novel foods himself at the Food and Drug Administration, including genetically engineered animals, when he read about Memphis Meat's prototype, a meatball. Intrigued, he dropped Valetti a line. He hired me early to build a programme that blends product development and regulatory compliance into product design. That, to our knowledge, is novel out here in Silicon Valley. Last year's investment in the Epic suggested they were confident that approval was imminent. But when I tried to pin down Schultz on a date, he was evasive. I believe we're pretty close, he said. We don't know, is the candid answer. If you use other foods... It's somewhere in the neighbourhood of typically six months and maybe two years from submission. He wouldn't say when Upside had submitted its application. Why open the epic now? The Silicon Valley culture of haste arguably resulted in Eat Just selling its nuggets in a Singaporean club instead of waiting for approval to put them on supermarket shelves in the US. I wondered if the ribbon cutting was a stunt to spur the Food and Drug Administration into action but Schultz dismissed that idea. 
We're just trying to transparently let the US government and consumers know where we are, he said. We want to make sure that when we are issued the no questions letter of approval, that the switch can be flipped. If and when it arrives, the first people to taste the upside chicken fillet will be diners at Atelier Cren, a three Michelin starred San Francisco restaurant where the 14 course menu starts at $345 a head. Its celebrated chef, Dominique Cren, took meat off her menu in 2019 because of its environmental impact. Successfully reintroducing meat in cultivated form would be a marketing coup for both her and Upside. But can such an elite product really shape the future of food? We'll be producing a very small amount, Schultz admitted. We want to maximise increasing the consumer experience at every step. We'll start there, but that's not the end of our journey. He wouldn't tell me which stores would stock Upside's chicken fillets or how much they would cost. The products initially going on the market will be a price premium, but there are conventional meat products that cost more than ours. No one is entirely sure what consumers will one day call this kind of meat. We want the term to be descriptive, accurate, appealing and non-disparaging, Schultz said. Four years ago, when clean meat was the industry standard, conventional meat producers took offence. If meat cultured in a bioreactor is clean, it follows that meat grown on the bodies of animals is unclean. Studies indicate that cultivated performs above average, Schultz added. It's hard to imagine cultivated catching on. To most ears, the word means either educated or grown in soil. In the absence of a strong alternative, the term lab-grown lingers, no matter how much the industry wants consumers to forget its high-tech origins. Names like lab-grown, frankly, are designed to drive clicks. They're just not accurate, Schultz said firmly. All food made in a modern global system makes its way through a modern laboratory at some point. What if, by the time Upside is able to produce affordable cultivated meat, the world has moved on, turned vegan or switched to plant-based alternatives? Schultz wasn't convinced. Having the option to eat meat is core to our identity, he said. We invented the cow 10,000 years ago, and it shone with the bright brilliance of human innovation at that point, the most modern invention humans had ever come up with. Perhaps seeing my raised eyebrow, he doubled down. Humans invented the cow, he said emphatically. Just like every fruit and vegetable that we eat right now was invented by a human being and directly cultivated by that person. We see our work as continuing that innovation. For the text version of this article and all our long reads, subscribe to The New Statesman for just £1 a week for 12 weeks using our special podcast offer. Just visit www.newstatesman.com forward slash podcast offer. If you're enjoying our audio long reads, you might also like the New Statesman's international news podcast, World Review. Twice a week, the international team unpack the most significant stories in world affairs and interview special guests for their unique perspective and expertise. Get better informed with World Review, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ivy Farm is less coy about where its meat comes from. The company name is a play on IV, in vitro. I wanted something that would make scientists double take, but that most people wouldn't really think about, explained Dr. Russ Tucker, Ivy Farm's co-founder and chief technology officer. Opening in 2019 with Tucker as the sole employee, the farm now has 50 staff, technicians, biochemical engineers, cell biologists, researchers, branding specialists and product designers. Together, in an industrial estate on the outskirts of Oxford, these experts are culturing cells and drawing up the packaging for what they hope will be the first British cultivated meat to go on sale. If there is a perfect CV for a career in growing meat, then it is Tucker's. His father, paternal grandfather and great-grandfather were all butchers. His maternal grandfather was both a butcher and a farmer, and his mother grew up putting the jelly into pork pies on the family farm in Worcestershire. Meat has always been a part of my history, he said. Omicron had forced us to meet on a video call, where Tucker's blue shirt and neat beard gave him a more corporate air than Schultz, though the juddering Wi-Fi spoke to a company still in the making. After completing a PhD in biomedical engineering at Oxford University, Tucker spent five years at the Boston Consulting Group, advising supermarkets around the world on everything and anything. He learned about food supply chains and was shocked by the volume of meat being imported into the UK. Then he remembered reading about cultivated meat and saw an opportunity. To the shock of my husband, I handed him my notice. Ivy Farm has raised £16.5 million to date from private investors Tucker won't name. He has big plans. By 2025, we want a 12,000 tonne facility, ideally in the UK, 
which I think is enough pork to supply Oxfordshire, so it's just a start. When we start to scale, we can get closer to price parity with conventional meat. The company is focusing on ground meats and aims to launch a pork sausage in 2023. We think our technology can do it. Our biggest hurdle is regulation. Brexit offers an opportunity for the UK to be nimble, to create a bespoke regulatory framework that fits the new technology. One that the Food Standards Agency doesn't seem to be taking, according to Tucker. In a statement, Michael Wright, the Food Standards Agency's head of food safety policy, told the New Statesman, Our priority is to protect consumer interests and ensure food is safe and what it says it is. We also recognise the potential of alternative proteins to contribute to broader sustainability goals. Currently, there are no authorised cultured meat products on the GB market, and we have not received any applications for regulatory approval. Ivy Farm has yet to submit an application. Right now, if we did, it would be to a black box, Tucker said. We will be waiting 18 months with limited feedback and fingers crossed for the green light. Without guidance, it is likely they would have further questions delaying approval. This makes it very difficult for any British company to commit funds, he said, or to look attractive to global investors. Is it an area of focus for the government right now? Probably not. The Food Standards Agency, as I understand it, is weighed down with CBD applications for medical cannabis and the many novel food applications that have come through. We're at the back of the queue. Tucker sighed. My biggest concern is that we get to a point where we look elsewhere, building a facility in Singapore or the US. I'm a very proud Brit and I want this industry to flourish in Britain. We have phenomenal biotechnology and engineering expertise that we should be tapping into here. Last year, Ivy Farm tried to chivy the government by commissioning research into the potential benefits of cultivated meat to the UK economy. It found that the industry could support 16,500 jobs, contribute £2.1 billion to GDP, and generate more than £500 million a year for HMRC by 2030. We're hopeful that they will see the potential. Even a signal would really help in saying to investors, this government is open about the opportunity, and that costs nothing. Tucker told me he was in touch with more than 20 supportive MPs, but he's wary of naming anyone apart from Anthony Brown, a Conservative MP for South Cambridgeshire. Some are from farming constituencies, Tucker smiled, so they have to think about things. For all the scientists' frustrations about regulation, cultivated meat isn't shop-ready yet. Neil Stevens, Associate Professor of Technology and Society at the University of Birmingham, told me the industry was still at the small-scale craft stage. It would almost look embarrassing if all the countries in the world went out and legalised cultured meat, he said, because people aren't ready to sell it. Stevens had been following the fledgling industry long before Post unveiled his famous burger in London. Indeed, he was there for its launch. We've seen increasing numbers of people demonstrate often very attractively constructed small runs of cultured meat products, he said. We've seen the first commercial sale in Singapore. These are relatively craft-level, hands-on operations. People don't really expect the sale to operate in the same way at vast volumes. But quite how that will be different. Until you do it, you're not going to know. He saw the Epic as the latest in a series of high-profile launches that have become almost routine within the industry. There's so much value, symbolic and monetary, invested in this notion of being the first to do something, he told me. Since Mark Post made the first burger, 
no one has made the second. Getting burgers right matters because they are a junk food staple and because of the environmental damage caused by beef production. If a key mission of the industry is helping humanity get to net zero, then it should be seeking to replace every burger it can with cultivated beef. But instead of making rival better burgers, companies are focused on developing new products, new firsts. It's a symptom of where the sector is at, Stevens said. It's still presenting itself as this frontier-pushing, trailblazing technology. Its ever-changing name points to a different target audience at any given time, Stevens noted. As an exciting scientific breakthrough, it was in vitro meat for the benefit of the research community. When the industry wanted to attract investors and regulators, it was cell-based meat. Clean meat was supposed to appeal to consumers, but the product wasn't ready to go to market, and it upset the meat producers, who are powerful lobbyists, as well as potential investors. Stevens saw cultivated meat as the bland middle ground, an indication that developers are still focused on investors and regulators, and not yet customers. Those regulators will also have to rule on claims that cultivated meat is better for the planet. In Stevens' view, this is not clear-cut. What is the level of energy usage? We don't know. And it depends what you compare it with. Beef and chicken are massively different in terms of the emissions they cause. People in the livestock sector will tell you they anticipate significantly improving the environmental impact of livestock meat. It's all movable. When I asked Eric Schultz of Upside about the benefits to the planet, he was as robust as the research would allow. I'm incredibly confident that this will be better for the environment, he assured me. But to be fair to science and to my profession, we will need to collect those data and a life cycle assessment needs to be done at scale. And a life cycle assessment needs to be done at scale. In other words, they won't know until they do it. At Ivy Farm, Russ Tucker wanted to emphasise the sustainable measures he would be taking. We are committed to using renewable energy. I'm confident we can find a solution around the heating and cooling of the bioreactors to make them even more efficient. Meanwhile, how big is the potential market for cultivated meat, particularly when meat-free alternatives are proliferating? Google searches for vegan food near me increased 5,000% year-on-year in 2021. Research by the Food Standards Agency suggests a third of British consumers would be willing to try cultivated meat but whether they would then go on to eat it instead of conventional meat, in the same way that oat and soya milk has replaced cow's milk in so many people's diets, remains to be seen. Those consumers who want antibiotic-free meat that causes less environmental damage are the same people who choose to eat less processed food. Meat produced in bioreactors may have seemed an eye-catching solution to a global problem in 2013, but in many ways now runs against the spirit of our times. Tucker disagrees and argues that cultivated meat would complement rather than replace animal meat, that it would put pressure on livestock farmers to raise their standards. At any rate, the volume of the international meat trade seemed to him unsustainable. We're importing £4.4 billion worth each year. It's crazy. 70% of animals farmed in the UK are factory farmed. There's huge potential for cultivated meat to come in and let the best of farming flourish. We're not making cuts of meat, so you can let farmers breathe again and create the delicious cuts where provenance really matters. The mince in your lasagna-ready meal? That can be cultivated. Cultivated meat is part of the solution. 
It's not the solution. Schultz feels that eating meat is a fundamental part of being human and always will be. We know that meat has played an incredibly important part in our story as a species. That doesn't mean it has to stop here. We see our work at Upside Foods as allowing us to continue eating things we know and love. The cultivated meat companies offer an alluring proposition, meat with a clean conscience. They're selling us the promise that we can continue to consume as much as our hearts desire without having to think about downsides for the animals or the planet. But whether growing meat instead of breeding it is the latest step in human evolution, and whether this is hype, hubris, or justified self-belief, well, that depends on how much you're prepared to swallow. Is the Future of Meat Fake? was written by Jenny Kleeman and read by me, Emma Hazlitt. If you enjoyed this episode, have a listen to The Psychiatrists Who Don't Believe in Mental Illness by Sophie McBain, which is linked in the show notes. This has been audio long reads from The New Statesman. This episode was produced by May Robson, the commissioning editor was Melissa Deans, and the executive producer was Chris Stone. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to like, subscribe, and rate the show. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Hello, Freddie here. I want to tell you about a new way you can support the New Statesman's independent journalism. Every morning I send out Morning Call, our daily newsletter covering everything you need to know about British politics. It's free to sign up, plus for just £3 a month, you'll get a recommended daily piece of ours sent to you in full, plus exclusive polling analysis from Ben Walker, a weekly update from Will Dunn, and our featured piece on Sundays. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll love Morning Call. Head to morningcall.substack.com and subscribe now.